You are listening to the Type 8 Podcast, hosted by J.J. Goldsbury. A show for a Type 8, by a Type 8. The podcast is brought to you by EnneagramPodcasts.com, where you can listen to all our shows featuring all nine Enneagram types. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody. This is JJ Goldsbury. I have a very special guest with me today who happens to be my absolute best friend in the entire world, Jared Nickerson. That is me. Hey, guys. My name is Jared Nickerson. Please um, please forgive the uh, sound of today's episode as we forgot the microphone. <laughs> We as in JJ forgot the microphone. I forgot the microphone. Anyway, um, yeah, so we have a really cool perspective that we're going to bring to the table today simply because Jared lived with me for a year and a half. For a year and a half. So we're basically going to have a roast session of the type eight. (laughs) Cue music. So just to give you guys kind of an outline of what we're thinking about doing today is, um, and this is going to be several part series, um, as we're going to really kind of dissect a lot of really cool stuff. And so I'm basically going to interview Jared, and Jared's going to give me his perspective on what it's like to live very, very closely to a type 8. Yeah. Literally, our beds were about a foot apart for an entire year. For a year and a half. (laughs) It was was great. It was awesome. It was great. Best roommate I've ever had. Um, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I can say the same. Definitely say the same. Um, so, so this is what what'll be really cool is Jared is a type nine, so he natively loves to keep peace. I I am the peacemaker. He is the peacemaker. That is what God calls him. Well, what the Enneagram <laughs> calls me. That's not what God calls me. A little different. But I yeah. So living with someone who natively challenges and dominates and um, tries to take control. It's been a very interesting journey. Yeah, it has. So, so Jared, maybe you can kind of shed light on what this journey has been like for you. Oh, man. Well, I would say, because this is about the type 8, um, living with the type 8, is that where we should start? Yeah. What is it like living with a type eight? Yeah, what? Living with a type eight. From obviously from the perspective of a type nine. So just for all of you out there. Yeah. Perspective of a type nine. Trying to trying to frame perspective as, as well as possible. Yeah. So I am essentially the peacekeeper. I like to keep peace and I like order and I like the world to be great at all times. And I don't give a crap about the world. I want everyone to be challenged. And being their best selves at all times. I mean, me too. But <laughs> I'm not going to be domineering about it. Me, me either. That's not true. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So perspective of a type 9, living with a type 8. The type 8, J.J. Goldsberry, at times could be, how do I say, I guess we're just domineering and controlling. <laughs> Um, Give us, do you have any examples off the top of your head? Okay, okay, this is... Let's get some story going on Okay, let me think of a story real quick. There might be an interlude or a quick pause. 
You know, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I don't have a specific story, but I have a very common emotion, a lot of emotion, a lot of emotion behind a couple of things, but there's a very common thing that JJ used to do when he was a, you know, at the like not so level. healthy level of a type eight, which what the type eight goes to the type five under stress. But what JJ would do is if he lost control over something, he would try to find something else to control, which was me because I resided in the same home. (laughs) So if he lost control over something outside of his control, oh, that was loud. Sorry, everybody. Okay, resume. So if JJ lost control of something outside of his, you know, inner world, he would come to me and try to almost manipulate me to do certain things. Yeah especially if it's something that he needed to get done that he didn't want to do, kind of manipulate me to try to do it. And then I just feel crappy. <laughs> it was weird, guys. Uh, I just want to say sorry to all of my ex-business partners. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, I actually have a story. This was with another roommate of ours at the time. So Jared and I had been living together for about a year at this time, and I'm still kind of discovering myself and it will be an ongoing lifelong journey of course but he comes in and he had a very similar personality as I did so it was instantly just we're both kind of feeling that tension well he starts making a fuss about our vehicle parking arrangements now I had a a (laughs) classic vehicle and a motorcycle so for me I'm like it's absolutely non-negotiable I get a parking spot I've been here for a year well, and he kind of throws a fit about it. And this, it turned into this thing that was just stupid and way bigger than it was supposed to be. Um, but I had realized, like, I actually hadn't had any place to myself or any control over anything for well over a year. And that's, there's more to that, that whole story. But it was almost as if this parking spot was the only thing that was mine and I kind of had control over. Mm. And he was trying to kind of get in between that, and I was not having it. it we we got it was pretty uh, annoying for a while. So that's that's one story of of the control aspect of a type eight and wanting to kind of keep keep control. Hmm. You remember I, that? I, right? Oh, I absolutely remember <laughs> that. Uh, I was in the middle, and I was the liaison between the so two, funny. and I was like, "Well, I don't have an answer for either of you. Y'all got to figure this out." That was, yeah, that was actually a really interesting situation. Yeah, quite fascinating. Bless his soul, though. He is still a great friend. This other guy. I got coffee with him. Oh, that's nice. It's like two weeks ago. He just, reached, he just reached out to me. And incredible. I miss this guy. Um, Name's Will. We'll just say it. We miss you, Will. Will, we miss you. We love you a lot. Absolutely. Let's see. I mean, so, this I mean, is you. you. Have, this is you. I understand, but I, I just want to hear... Um, I mean, I know even the other night we talked about one argument we got into and I was just needing an answer and I was frustrated because you couldn't tell me how you felt and I know exactly how I feel Mm. at all times Mm -hmm. and it was just very curious that a human being didn't know what he felt and that was frustrating. So I, so what did I do to you? So (laughs) do you remember like what the circumstances were? Dude, it was like, I think a lot of things have just kind of built up. And okay. See, for me, I, I don't remember circumstances. <laughs> I remember emotion yeah. a lot. I remember I, 
everything that I felt was so like negative that I was like, if I were to say anything, I would completely disturb the peace. So I just need to take a walk. Yeah. I think that was kind of my, my cop out in probably a good way yeah. to say like, yo, I need to go breathe. I remember you essentially were like this overpowering, like blah, 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 point your finger, finger pointing. I, I think the proverbial finger pointing, I don't think you're yeah. actually doing that, you know? Um, and I was just like pissed. <laughs> I was mad. And I was like, I just got to take a walk. For all, all of our listeners, um, this is also something I realized I do to my wife. <laughs> that in our and she's a six so she she's a loyalist so she'll she's just like the sweetest sweetest heart ever um but what happens is in arguments with being an eight we're usually so discerning and understanding where we sit emotionally all the time and when we don't we act like we do and so it turns into this like oh well i know exactly what i am blah 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 but then being an external processor we make other people feel less than because they need to have it all figured out, have it all together, and they need to be verbally processing as well, which then just turns into a mess because we're sitting there frustrated and pissed off and yelling or very sternly communicating while that other person is literally sitting in an emotional hole and has no idea how to get out or move. So I've been learning how to listen. I think, I think something that is really fascinating is that me as a nine, I personally, I know that I'm a leader, but I tend to lead from behind. Um, generally not in the forefront unless I need to be and I just step up and it happens, it depends on the situation. So for me, my best friend being an eight, it was so great and easy for me to ride his curtails because he's just powerful and just steps into a room and like, what's up? And everyone knows who JJ is. And then everyone knows who Jared is because he's the nice guy, <laughs> you know. Um, but like something we, we had this joke where I would come in and I would kind of destroy everything when and we I'd would pick up the pieces, and then Jared would come in and pick up all the pieces. I mean, like emotionally, that happened a lot, but it was all good. It was all really good. Yeah, generally. Um, but it's it's funny because like as a, as an eight, I think. JJ, maybe you could speak to this a little bit. You probably saw me as like a blank slate that you could almost do whatever with. And then come to find out when you try to do that, I become really stubborn. And I'm like, nope. And uh, from there, just like, yeah, things get weird. Well, I think, I think, um, you know, as, as eights, we're obviously very, we get passionate, excited. But when the passion runs out, sometimes it's really hard for us to stay motivated to do something. So with our very keen sense of communication, we then try and get everybody else to do the things that we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So maybe it wasn't I was looking at you as like a clean slate necessarily, but I was like, yeah, you're my number two. So you do this. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't want to do it. Like, why should I do it? (laughs) And then I would get pissed off when he's not doing it. Which is just my stubbornness, which is kind of the clean slate, right? Like, not as if you're going to like, you know, totally rewrite the muse of Right. Who I am. That's who we put it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a lot of very interesting and even even still, like we we've talked a lot about doing business together, we've had a lot of ideas, and we just have kind of come to this place where it's like we know that we're not quite supposed to do it together yet. At because least right of, now. At least right now, just because of what God's working out in us. And I think we fought that for two years 
trying to make something happen, trying mm-hmm. to do something, get frustrated, get pissed off, blame each other instead of just kind of being like, actually, maybe we both have a lot of learning to do. And maybe we're both the problem. Yeah. And so, so that's been kind of a cool realization. And, and I think in that, we eights kind of struggle with aspects of control. And one thing I know I've been learning very aggressively for the last six months with getting married is it almost as if like the more you let go of control, which feels as an eight, especially feels very irresponsible, um, very not practical. And it kind of, and you fight with feeling um, not essential, which is actually a big insecurity or like not, what, what words am I looking for here? Not necessary, not um, not needed. Mm-hmm. And when you feel not needed, then you kind of can slip into some depression. But there's there's kind of this balance that I feel like I'm starting to set into is just being vulnerable where it's like, yeah, you kind of have to let go of a lot of control, but yet also maintain the sense of passion and pursuit. And that's that's a really hard, hard line to wrap, really mm-hmm. hard line. Because, you know, we, we want to control it all. And, you know, I'm sure there's parts of our lives that we kind of can and we've, we've been gone, going into. But people can feel the difference between it being an arrogance of control and a humility of control. And so I think that's kind of where I'm living right now and learning a lot about. Eights are very good with their words. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> that was a very, like, great way to say, like, yeah, I'm really controlling. <laughs> and I love power. <laughs> that was the most like beat around the bush way to say. That's very true. Like the overvalue of power. Yeah. Anyway, well, that was funny. It's <laughs> a good point. But I, I have a friend I was talking to where um, I think I kind of realized about two months ago where I'm like, I crave power. I crave mm-hmm. it. I love it. I crave it. I'm good with it. And that's very that's very much an eight characteristic. It's not just a thing, you know? hundred um, percent. And I was feeling really guilty about it, you know? And, um, and I was starting to feel like, oh, gosh, like, you know, this isn't good. You know, I mean, we hear this all the way in modern Christianity where it's like, yeah, die, 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 which is good and true. At the same time, it, it's it's also a gift. Like, you know, I just, I read a lot of Old Testament stories and you see all these men that were extremely powerful, yet they knew who really had the power. Mm -hmm. They were just simply conduits. And so it was really liberating when I'm, you know, kind of lamenting about my fear of power. And it's actually a big fear that if I ever get into a place that is truly really powerful, where I have a lot of power, I have a lot of say, that I'll screw it up and I'll make a mistake. And, you know, it's at the expense of all the people underneath me. Um, but yet he sat there, my buddy, as I'm telling him all this stuff is I'm afraid of it, but yet I really love it. And he's like, bro, power, you know, and craving power is not bad, but it's what you do with it. that really matters. Mm-hmm. And him even just saying that simple statement, which we all know, but in the moment it was very, very, very deep for me. It was like, holy cow, like you're absolutely right. And so with, with that said, I think AIDS fight process a lot. Like, like we, we're in a certain process that doesn't look pretty. It's not cool. It's not becoming of our personality, but it's so essential to get us where we need to go. And so learning to trust the process as an eight is very, very difficult. Yeah. And something actually 
that a type eight, I think your real power, the power that you actually hold is found in your ability to uplift and motivate and inspire people. Hmm. Cause that is something that I know that is very much a JJ thing. You know, you, you could probably think of 15 times off the top of your head that you'd be in a room and when you are in a healthy state, you empower and uplift people. Yeah. And that like, you know, um, breeds movement hmm. out of people, like brings the best out of people. I think that's where your real power is. That's true. Yeah, yeah and I, I'd agree with that. I think, um, you know, and I'm still very young and have a lot to learn. And so it's, it's really interesting knowing that, but then, you know, we exist in a society that that person is very, and I, I think a lot of societies have done this to heroes and um, people that is, exist in that space where it's like we get demonized, mm. you know, especially when people don't know us. And I think it's especially when uh, a type A is at an unhealthy level. True. Because at, at a... At a healthy level, I, I can see, like, even people in the community speaking about you, when you're unhealthy, they're like, yeah. JJ's just, the, like, bull in the china shop. When you're healthy, it's like, he's the coolest yeah. guy I've ever met. True. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, just just so you all know, like, our, our community is, we lived here in Los Angeles. and We have a wonderful community it's, of people. It's beautiful. And, um, you know, I've, I've had some really incredible communities in the past, but being in L.A., I've never learned more about healthy relationship, vulnerability, honesty, transparency, um, and humility in my entire life. And I just got to say, like, the people that we have here in L.A. are revolutionary and amazing and going to change the world for sure. Um, but it's it's just crazy to think that, you know, like, that we have a lot of friends that, that are in, like, more of the Midwestern kind of towns. And they look at L.A. as, like, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, it's like, everyone's out there just, you know, dead and trying to get you to do drugs. And it's like, there's definitely that aspect. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the people here that we have and we're connected to are just incredible, absolutely incredible. And so when he says communities, we have a lot of different communities that we have spent a lot of time with, you know, poured a lot into, um, Mm -hmm. really loved really well. Mm -hmm. And because of that, have met some incredible people. So... There's a lot of different people that have seen my personality. So, you know, with Jared kind of being the one to pick up the pieces, he definitely has probably seen negatives and positives more than anyone. I think I'm the one who sees it all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And something for you type 8s out there, from a perspective of someone who is not a type 8, also going along the same lines of your, your power is held in your ability to inspire and uplift people. But, like, I truly believe that, a type eight at their healthiest level could potentially be like the most powerful human on earth. Like, you know, we said before, like JJ, you could become president one day and you're like, I could probably be president one day. Like you become like a, you could become a true hero and not just like, I mean, every, so I'll just say this real quick. Every um, type one through nine in the Enneagram could become like that awe-inspiring hero. This isn't just indicative to the type eight, but they're the one who, because when they learn how to control themselves and how, like what the, um, like a power curve, dynamic of power that they, what am I trying to say here? 
we'll edit this part out. This little piece, because yeah. <laughs> I'm finding my words. Um, imagine that power is on a bell curve, and when you understand how to control your power and how your power is actually uh, uh, like funneled, harnessed, harnessed, used. harnessed. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, then you can really achieve and do mm-hmm. great things, and people will listen and go with you. You know, you have the the ability to be the ultimate you know, front man leader. Yeah. So type eights, let's get healthy, okay? Because from a type nine, living with type eight, unhealthy, it's pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, oh man, the stories, the journey. And I, I definitely want to share a lot more story. And um, this this next one we'll do to this is, is I, I think I think sharing more about the journey and the process to becoming healthy. I definitely know I have a long way to go, um, but I would probably say I'm definitely on the on the healthier scale than the unhealthy scale. Um, so, Jared, I, I just have another question. So, what have you been able to observe as well, like negative aspects of my personality? Even, even regardless of healthy or unhealthy, that maybe the world doesn't quite understand or people don't understand that we might have a barrier of entry to hmm. someone's life. Okay, like a negative aspect to a type 8 is I feel that when a type 8 becomes intimidated, that's when kind of the bear comes out. Oh, interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then and then when when they become intimidated, like they have to then be the intimidator to kind of regain power to establish themselves on the hierarchy of like who's in the room, like their position in the room. Um, I think this is a cool because I know that I've I've felt that side of things, but also because of my insecurities of not feeling good enough. I felt the other side where when I'm intimidated, I completely shut down. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. But then at the same time, like there's been a lot of times where I see someone that's intimidating that I know is weaker, but they are a powerful person or may have control in a certain area. I will do anything I can to be at the top. Yeah, for sure. Very true. Like at a negative side, negative aspect to your personality, to a type A personality is like they become very egocentric. Yeah. And that becomes, you know pretty much their main motivator in whatever room they're in to become the top or to become known or to become seen, to feel seen. You know, I think, yeah, type eight is probably the greatest motivation is power. Would you say? I I would say so. I mean, I, I, that filters into all aspects of my life. Like, um, back years ago, I used to struggle with porn addiction and, you know, that, that in itself is innately all about power mm. because you, because what I'm, what I'm communicating on a subconscious level is like, I have current, I currently have power over all of what's happening. Yeah. My own happiness, my own little world, I'm creating it, I'm building it. And then that can then filter out to anything else like anger, frustration, manipulation that filters into your workplace, that filters into your relationships and so I, I think, you know, on top of that, you know, our, our 
our biggest struggle as type eights would be, you know, on like more of an external perspective is just lust. Like, you know, it could be pornography. It could be, you know, lust of money, like lust of fancy toys, fancy cars, you know, lust of big building, having a big building, a big house, a nice house, you know, wanting everything to kind of be perfect and, and sweet, you know, that, that lust of like the next thing, the next thing, it's also a big power thing, 100%, mm. because you're showing the world like, hey, like I have, I have something that you don't have, and so I'm continually chasing that to feed this quote-unquote lustful place. Interesting. So, JJ, I have a question for you. Yeah. Probably type 8 out there. What is your wing? I'm a 7. Wing 7. So I'm the Maverick. That is the Maverick. Ooh. At least that's what Enneagram University tells me. <laughs> I'm going to look up what that is real quick. Institute. The term Maverick. Um, yeah, because I love, you know, I mean, you know this more than anybody. I love people. I love friends, groups, hanging out with anybody I possibly can. Um getting people together like I'm, oh, I'm yeah. realizing more and more how much of a connector I am JJ is near I wouldn't say the ultimate connector but a pretty dang good one <laughs> keep him humble a little bit thanks man okay let's, well, let's see. see what the maverick means yeah that's what I'm trying to find the maverick even if it's um, I, I mean like I know maverick but like I'm trying to Interesting. Okay. So the dictionary says an unorthodox or independent minded person, individualist, nonconformist, free spirit, original, eccentric. You know, it's funny when I, when I went to college, my, um, my dean of students used to call me a paradox, which I found very interesting. And as I kind of started discovering my personality, I realized why, because I didn't fit into any box and I, I used to have people even tell me all the time they're like dude so like were you popular in high school and i'm like i, I wouldn't say i was popular but i didn't have a group i had i definitely had a best friend but like i didn't have a certain group that i was close to connected to i was just kind of friends with everybody hmm. and um and that that was that was really interesting i mean it led to a lot of insecurities too because you it's it's kind of a lonely place at times for sure and, you know, one thing that, that the enemy or darkness or, you know, whatever anybody wants to call it can definitely do is attack your own personality and make you actually hate yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's, and I, I see that reflected in a lot of people's lives. Like someone very, very close to me, um, he, is, he is probably the most incredible people person I've ever met in my entire life. And the one thing that he gets most stressed out, most frustrated by is people. And it's so interesting to watch because this, this man can corral 100,000 people in a room. He can get everyone together, throw the biggest, coolest party, and then he'll go home and complain about how he got taken advantage of. Yeesh. So it's so interesting to watch how, you know, I, I say the enemy or the devil or whatever, but, you know, how the enemy could sit there and all he wants to do is make you hate your own self. Yeah. So for so many years... I mean, even though actually the first night I met you, I was getting in a fight with the two guys that we were going with to that they were they were making fun of me for knowing for everyone. knowing people. So this was my a good friend of mine who was engaged to my cousin asked me to hang out with a couple of his buddies. 
JJ and I had met a couple times randomly in downtown Portland, like on a, on a street corner. Yeah. Like two different times. (laughs) And this is the third time. And, and we walk So we're driving, well, we're driving into town. So I lived on the other side of the river in Washington state and we're driving into town and the whole trip, this guy, Simon and friend Mateo are, they're kind of mocking me because they're like, bro, you know, everybody and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, like, you know, trying to deflect it. And I actually truly thought that it was a bad thing. Like I thought it was a negative thing. Well, we drive it. Also real quick. Did you just command and overbear my part of the story? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down. Type eight in action. (laughs) Well, I wanted to give them five. You just gave him the ultimate frame of reference. All right. That's a type eight. Now we're done. So, okay. So now we're driving in, <laughs> into the city uh-huh. to meet my buddy Simon's friend as we're having this argument. Okay. Now you take it. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I was saying before, uh, anyway, we meet up at this corner, walk up and we're, it's like 11 o'clock at night at the street corner. There's one light. And um, they're standing under, underneath the light, and I walk up and I look at JJ, and I was like, "You!" We both said it, and it was the most hilarious thing. And Simon and Mateo are like, "What the heck?" Immediately, like they're laughing, but kind of frustrated. Yeah, it was so funny. Who knows, everyone? Yeah, and then we stayed up for four hours and talked about life, and we've been best friends ever since. Since day one, since that day. Since that day. Um, so anyway, so. I don't know where we're going with that. Is yeah. there any purpose to I think we start out like the Maverick. Yeah. Okay, okay. Here's something interesting that I'm reading right here. If you are the Enneagram type 8, wing 9, you desire to appear solid. You see yourself as earthly, no, earthy, earthly, <laughs> earthy, simple, honest, practical, authoritative, solid, wise, and considerate. JJ, I wouldn't say that's you at all. Nope. I would say you are a type 8, wing 7. You desire to appear to appear commanding. <laughs> you see yourself as outspoken, innovative, intense, daring, striking, attractive, and tender-hearted. Oh my word! <laughs> I've never read such a perfect description oh my of another word. human before. All of those things. That is so funny. That's really funny. Huh? Send that to me. Okay. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. Type eight, wing seven. That's me. Um, yeah, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna end it here, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a part two and maybe a part three because this is this is really cool. And of course, if you have any questions and you guys have anything that you're curious about, being a type eight, unsure of, because starting to get into this stuff can also be very confusing to your own self. So. We would, we would love to answer any questions, so maybe, you know, if we get some in here in the next couple episodes, we'll maybe answer a couple, throw them in, and um, let you all know. We yeah. appreciate you guys listening, and Jared, thank you for joining and me today. JJ, thank you for having me. Here in Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles? Angeles. City of Angels. City of Angels. I'm happy to be here. And everyone, um, have a great day. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Feel free to send questions or ideas or feedback to type 8 at enneagrampodcasts.com and make sure to subscribe to the show.
And if you would like to support this collective, head over to enneagrampodcasts.com and find out different ways to support the shows. 